Hi and thanks for tuning in. Today we are chatting to Leroy, who's the manager of the Schools and Community Service. Hey Leroy. Hi Lee. Hi yeah. So Leroy, I don't know much about the school service and wondered if you could tell us all a little bit more about it and why a school service is needed in today's climate. Okay, so um, the school service has been going for a number of years now and it kind of came from a faith-based um, organisation initially. And um, predominantly, okay, we were operating in, in, in Catholic schools, but that, that's changing and that has changed in that we're going out to wider schools. And it came about through um, schools wanting additional services to meet the needs of their students in their schools, both primary and secondary schools. Okay. Um, it was the Catholic schools that looked at that first and they felt that um, they could commission the work out to a favorable organization. And at the time we were the favored organization to do the work. Um, we've been working in across the East Midlands, mainly in Lincoln, Leicester, Nottingham and Derby. Right. But uh, we're now venturing out to the West Midlands as well, um, and even further afield if if that you know if that takes off. Why a school service in today's climate? The government wrote a green paper, which focused on mental health for young people. Within that was some funding as well that was rolled out from national government to local government, and it was to look at support in schools for young people. In today's climate, the main issue that came out from, um, I guess, that green paper um, kind of being the foundation of looking at mental health and well-being for young people was the pandemic. This is the first year. Well, yeah. Yeah, this is the first year of students doing sit-down exams since the pandemic. And the, it has been said on a reporter from some schools that it's reflected on the marks um, that students were getting for their exams, both some, you know, for GCSE, um, you know, results, um, and also some young people who are doing the SATs and going on to, to um, senior school life. Today, we were getting more and more young people tapping into our service, linked to anxiety, um, body dysmorphia, um, and just not understanding social cues. Today's climate has really been a tough one for many young people and including education staff. They had to work through the pandemic. They were seen as key workers. They had to go into schools and some education staff suffer from anxiety as well because of the fact that their, their, their family makeup probably put them at risk of passing the, the, the COVID onto um, their extended family members. So we also work with, with teaching staff as well um, over the last few years as well. And that, that the number did rise um, in relation to supporting staff. Um, the idea right behind us supporting staff was because we kept teachers in schools. They didn't go off sick. So in today's climate, you know, and it keeps changing, you know, there's peaks and troughs, but there's a common line where mental health and well-being is the main factor for why our service is needed.
that sounds like such a broad and deep kind of area of work with, with young people that their mental health and their well-being what's the experience and skills of staff within your team then to to, to undertake that work so our staff um were mainly from social work background um we've diversified with that now and we're employing staff that have the skill set to work with young people so it's not just about having a social work um degree or or, or dip social work it's about actually can you engage with those young people that we're providing service for yeah that's working out quite well um and the skill set is around listening engaging is the biggest one running groups um identifying um safeguarding concerns um and alongside that actually being able to engage at different levels because when you're in a school you're going to be working from the head teacher down to um a ta or even the you know the school technician um they all have roles within the schools and and you have to have a conversation with all of them at some point during your school day or school week um the skills are really a big thing for me you know you can be qualified in an area of work but actually have you got the skill set to provide the service that we need um mm-hmm. group work traditionally in social work isn't something that we do we may do a group conferencing which is a very structured meeting you know, and a safeguarding meeting around young people but actually running groups of young people sometimes 10 11 15 students i've i've actually had a full class of 53 students um, when I did some group work and that was to do with health, healthy relationships. Um, we do run different courses for different schools. Not all schools want the same kind of service. So we tailor our services to meet the needs of the actual school and, and the particular area that the school is situated in. So skills are a big thing, but that's not to say that we wouldn't offer training um, and support to those staff that come on board with us. And equally, we'll have offer support or additional support to any staff that's working in a school and they want to do a joint piece of work in terms of delivering a, a, a piece of work, whether that be group work or actually delivering some training on school inset days. So we kind of cover a lot of things that schools ordinarily might have to buy in one particular individual to meet one particular skill set that they're wanting. We can cover it all. There's nothing that we're not able to do with with the staff that we have. That's brilliant. And I think from what you've said, you've already really touched on this, but what, what would you say makes the school service unique? What makes us unique is that we personalise the service. So the service is about the needs of the school and not about what we we can deliver. Yes, we've got a menu of of, of different um, um, services that we can deliver on, but actually we can tailor it to the school. So, for example, recently, um, a school brought in a a, a 12-week package. So it's a bespoke piece of work for three siblings, well, two siblings and one one individual primary school. And I tailored the work to meet the needs of those two siblings um, who 
were kind of in a situation where they were being cared for by their grandparents. Um, and from the adoption side of the organization that I work for, um, I'm able to tap into that kind of resource and thinking and, and, and a, any kind of help I need, I could go into that side of things. But also from the school's perspective, in, in the sense of actually understanding how schools work and the support that those young people might need to get through school and to get through the transition of what was going off in their own personal life. And then the individual um, child, again, was coming with a different perspective around some some diagnosed kind of health needs. But through the experience that I've had in the past and training that I've had in the past, I was able to tailor a package that meets his needs as well. So two quite diverse kind of um, deliveries of service, but personalised to those three young people and also personalised to the school because schools will give you a working space that you have to adapt to. Mm. That's the space they offer you and you have to make that an engaged space for those young people. So you'll often go into school with different engagement tools so that those young people actually, the ones who don't talk read and easily, we can do it by by distraction techniques. So you'll use different engagement tools so that that, that, that child will at some point start to open up. Um, the uniqueness is around how diverse we work. We, we look at young people's needs, we look at the diversity that we're working around and within, and we kind of tailor that according to, to what's presented in front of us. What impacts have you seen, Leroy, uh, for pupils or their families or for staff? What impacts and outcomes has, in your experience, the service had so far? I think for us, we look at the impact um, and measure that in terms of the feedback we get from both parents, the young people that we work with, and the schools that we work within. And, you know, I can quote parents saying to us, um, thank you so much for all you've done for our child. Without your support, I'm not sure they would have remained in school. Um, another wow. parent saying, thank you so much been really good for me to touch base with you periodically to see how my child's getting on with the work you're doing thank you so much for guiding me in relation to benefits because I wasn't aware I could get some additional financial support um, especially with the cost of living crisis that's going on it's been difficult and from a young person's perspective it's just been what am I going to do now if you're not going to see me anymore in school um, nobody told me that oh. you were only going to see me for this amount of time. There was one particular ch child or young person I worked with who uncontrollably cried. I was commissioned to work with her for 12 sessions. And the 10th session was going to do a closure um, session just to start exiting um, the work we were doing. And she yeah. she just uncontrollably cried saying that she didn't understand why I'd have to end because it felt like another loss. She'd she'd lost the mum and I was doing some bereavement oh, work. No. So in yeah. a sense, um that was a really strong testimony about what work we were doing and how important it was for her. And from school's perspective, it's about they keep renewing their contracts. The schools that we're in, you know, they um they they want to renew and uh, and they're happy with the work that we're doing, both for their students but also in some cases for their staff team. Because like I said earlier, there are some teachers and, and, and educationists who struggle through COVID times, or even just the pressures of 
of education and and how much work is done outside of the classroom and also run a family household um and and meet the targets that's expected of them within the education system so it depends on what is presented to us as to how we kind of manage that but i think the testimonies we've had and the re reviews we've had and the feedback we've had has, has kind of shown us that actually we're doing the right thing at the right times i think that's the most important thing it's about getting there at the right time and doing the intervention that's needed at the right time absolutely and from what you've said it sounds like you know for some young people the school service can be the difference between not having an education and, and actually being able to access it and have some positive outcomes absolutely absolutely and and that's the aim you know we, 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 you know, sometimes you'll never get the movement that you want Lee mm. um in terms of the absolute but what you are looking for is movement so if we can make a, a slight change to how a young person views their environment either at home or in school view themselves as an individual within this society um how they view their academic levels against another child in the classroom which is you know most of the time their own comparison to the next child that's next to them um we just need to make them move along a, a, a sort of a transition line to say, actually, I'm doing okay. And that's yeah. all we can ask for. Um, we can always revisit that child. There's never A closure is never a closure when we're in a school. That case can be reopened and revisited. And, you know, that often would happen in the sense of there is a stability within the child's life within school, but then suddenly there's a blip. And that could be something in school, that could be something at home, but there's no reason why we can't work with that young person again. And also, it's the familiarity of it all. You know, a young person knows us, so and, and they're used to talking to us, and they know out where we are, so they can come and knock on the door um, and, and say, hi, can I have a quick chat? Or go to the teacher and say, can I see so-and-so again? So there's a, there's a lot of flexibility in the way we work. And very often you go into a school and if you're contracted to work in a school one or two days a week to a school, their week is Monday to Friday. To us, our week is could be a Wednesday to a Wednesday, as in one day to one day. Right. If it's two days, it might be Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday. So you might be doing a piece of work on, say, a Wednesday or a Thursday. Then you, you're not in that school to the following week. When you get into school, you always have a meeting with your your school liaison um, kind of worker, and that there's something that's changed. <laughs> and all of a sudden, what you had planned to do in your following or your following session since the last week changes oh. because actually there's there's a bit of a crisis going on for that young piece of person, and you've got to be flexible to actually pick that up and run with it that day that you walk into school. So that is another unique kind of point for the staff that work in school is that you've got to be flexible. You know, you can't go into school each week and have a program of intervention and think it's going to run from week to week in a smooth way because it tends not to happen. Oh, wow. We also offer parenting programs as well. We've run parenting programs in the past. And um, some schools, you know, will look at us as the, as the go-to um, favoured organisation to, to deliver that. But equally, we'll do one-to-one -one parenting um, support as well. So it doesn't have to be a group situation. It can just be one-to-one. -one. 
And it can be just the, the odd, isolated bit of support work that a parent carer may want. And for some reason, they'll look at us and say, yeah, you know, can I speak to so-and-so again about that? And it helps the school as well, because it takes that kind of phone call blockage up to the school and passes it on to us. And we can also invite parents in for a meeting just to review how things are going. And also get some background information about the young person's environment at home, which is quite often very important because it's not always the school that's the issue. We've had referrals where the parent has said, I need some help with my child. But the school don't see what the parent's saying. Um, Because when the child's in school, they're kind of an A-grade student, very well-behaved, very well-mannered, but actually at home, very different affair. And that's just because the child's holding it together at school and lets it off at home. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so it's a a very varied um, way of working, but it works. It really sounds like you cover so many different aspects of a child's life or family's life or even staff's life. Yeah. I can imagine that the the impacts are so far-reaching. Absolutely, absolutely. And there there are times when the child, there was a child I was working with recently, I can um, kind of recollect, who had um, been placed in, in foster care but just was not coping with that transition. And there's times when you acknowledge actually we're not the right service for that young person. And it was almost like a firefighting exercise that we were doing with this child really, rather than anything sort of solid and concrete and, and, and motivational. It was actually fire crisis intervention, for want of a better term, is, is where we're at. And it was always that. And I think the child kind of linked with... yeah well, what if I do this, I, I then go and see so-and-so. And, and that became a pattern. It it, it wasn't changing anything. Um, and unfortunately, this child, young person um, did receive a permanent exclusion just because of the unsafety element of him being in school towards himself and towards other students and staff, in fact, as well. But that happens, and, and that's right. really, I wouldn't say it's anything to do with our service, Just that's just about the environment a young person's in and that they can't see another way out. Oh, that sounds really hard. But I think, you know, it's a strength of the service to be able to say, we're not the intervention that this young person needs, you know, because I think we could fall into the trap of kind of ticking along with it. You know, we've we've got this agreement, we'll just carry on, just see if something happens. But actually to be able to say, no, it's so child-focused that, that's amazing absolutely absolutely and it's about us and recognizing that as you said but also making um sort of recommendations to where that child may find support and guidance so it's it's also having a knowledge base in this in the cities that we're working about other services that are available that can support family and, and and young person and whether that be in the family home like a universal service level or within school we can co-opt in another agency within school but um, it's about recognising that, you know, those needs aren't being met by us and whether another agency or organisation could meet the needs and us recommending that to the school and even parent carer, you know, in terms of uh, which direction they may want to go. I think from everything you've said, really I know the answer to this. You know, we've talked about the skills, experience, knowledge, how it's bespoke, how it offers children and people hope and supports families and staff. But... Leroy, I'm going to ask the question, 
is the school service value for money? Lee, without a doubt, I would say yes. <laughs> I would have to say yes. I mean, because we do so much than more than, than one organisation coming in. Now, I'm not going to rubbish anybody else that works with young people um, at all, because we all have a part to play in, in one person's life. But what we offer is is bespoke kind of intervention, but also a menu of, of, of services that we can deliver in within schools. And it's con constant with one person. So you're not having, you know, a, a Leroy in this school and, a, and, a, and then a Rob in the same school and then a Sheila in that school and a Trace in that school. We, the child's familiar with, 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 with us. And I've never had a young person and none of my staff have had that where children are saying, I don't particularly like working in this way. We, we don't get that. I remember there was a school that was looking to go down a different route to support their young people. And it was a secondary school and I am to be covering in this school. And I remember the young people were, were on about mm. getting a petition up to keep us in school because they felt it was that important for us oh, to stay wow. in school. And they were quite annoyed that the school hadn't consulted those students that were seeing us as, in, you know, within, within our service. Um, they felt that they should have been spoken to first to see what their views were before the school just decided we're just going to, you know, employ a counsellor and that's all we're going to do is employ a counsellor. We, we do more than counselling. Um, and if you were to contact any of the schools that we're in, I'm sure they would validate what I'm saying um, today to you, Lee. So, yes, the money is, it's, it, it, it is, it, 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 we're, we're value for money. It, yeah, and I think when you've got young people petitioning to keep you there, it speaks for itself, doesn't it, Leroy? No, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you get children crying when they're coming to an end. It's uh, who am I going to talk to now? Um, what am I going to do now? Um, why can't you just see me for a bit longer? And then we'll let, tell the other child to wait until we fin we've finished. <laughs> um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's strong words that are said by those young people. But they've got, we've got to kind of promote that they don't use this as a, as a crutch to... Um, to, to kind of live their life mm. really is that we you know we, we promote that independence and that you can do this and that you're doing okay yeah and 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 things will get better but it's just for us to get them on that right track really sometimes it's hard though sometimes it's hard because you know adverse childhood experiences we're living that with them you know and and sometimes that's hard for us as practitioners because of some of the stories that the young people share with us and, you know, the attachment theory and the, the you know, detachment, it's, it's a, it's a fine line because until probably closure, you actually don't realize the impact you're having on those young people. And, um, and then it hits you. Wow. This is, this is quite immense for those young people. Um, and like I said, for one, one young person that we're going to, they were going to protest about the fact that we were <laughs> we were being looked at and not being used, um, and get a petition going. But hey, life moves on. Well, Leroy, I thank you so much. It's been incredible chatting to you today, and I, for me, that the 
passion and the commitment of your team's service has just shone through throughout our chat. So thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Lee. And I'm, you've used the word passion just to end on that. Our job isn't just a job. It is a passion. It is a true passion. When you see the staff in school working with the young people and even with educationists, it's a passion. You know, you can say it's a vocation, yes. You can say it's a job, yes. But it definitely is a passion. You know, um, staff go above and beyond what their contracted hours are to do what they do. You know, we're there to work with young people and, and that's what staff do from the day that like they walk through the door when they leave the school premises. So. Thank for this opportunity to speak to Lee about our service. And uh, I hope, you know, the listeners out there um, will think about actually, make, you know, make, make contact with your school and ask about our service, whether your school can, can get us in. If you think that some children or even your own child um, could do with some additional support, we'd, we'd be more than happy to be in, in your school. Thank you, Leroy. And if a school were interested in talking about the school service, What's the best way of contacting and where should they contact? So the best way is to, is to Google um, Adoption Focus. You'll see within that Family Society, and that's the school section, the school side of the website. My details are on there. So you've got my um, email address and telephone number, the office telephone number. Just ring that. There is a duty system so somebody will get, get a message to me to say that you're interested um, to get our service into your school, whether that be from a parent perspective or even schools, that's the best way to get hold of, of, of our service. And then we can have a conversation. I'll come out uh, wherever you are. We'll do a visit. You know, um, yes, yeah, so I know we're in the world of teams. I don't mind teams, but I'm not sure it, it does the right lighting for me. So, <laughs> so let me come out in person. <laughs> Let's have a conversation. And, uh, and we'll go from there. Brilliant. Thanks again, Leroy. Thank you. And to everyone who's been listening, we really hope you found it useful to hear about the amazing work that the school service do. And if you are interested in finding out more, then please do take a look at the website. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>